Log Talk Radio. Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Hello and welcome back. This is Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching Radio, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. We have a lot to share with you on today's radio show so we're going to get right to it. But before I do, obviously, I always like to welcome back my lovely wife, Julie. So welcome to the call. And Julie, I hope you're coming to the call mm-hmm. today with a great coaching story because I know you've been on the phones all day, as I have. Yes, absolutely. I always have one ready to rumble. Would you like that now? <laughs> yes, sure. Let's hear your great coaching story. <laughs> now, remember, guys, we're providing lots of free coaching calls. We've been, I don't know about you, Julie, but I've been pretty much book solid, usually a week or two in advance, providing free coaching calls, mostly to our students, which is great. But our free coaching calls are available to any of you listening, whether you're a current coaching client of ours or not. And the way you get your free coaching calls, go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. You can, uh, Julie and I have decided to keep ourselves in the roster uh, probably till the end of April. So in other words, you can request a free coaching call with us or a handful of our other coaches. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. So, Jules, share with us a story from your coaching schedule. Sure, you got it. So, one of my great agents in Southern California in the Temecula area, and we have quite a few agents out in that neck of the woods, she is becoming a powerful listing agent. And I take my hat off to her because she is putting herself out there and learning through experience. And I'm just so proud of her for putting one foot in front of the other before she's even, you know, feeling like she's 100% ready with quotes around it, right? Because a lot of agents wait until they feel like they've studied something enough and they know everything about everything before they launch anything. So she's doing a great job just getting out there. And what she's working on now is learning the questions to ask before you go to an appointment. And we've talked about this on previous calls, you know, actually using a pre-qualification script so you know maximum information before you show up to the listing. Because in this case, she learned by experience when she got there, as it turns out, they're planning on talking with other agents. So she was not in a closing position, and we were strategizing on how to get her back into the door. Now, the main thing is she got the appointment, so congratulations. Did a great job at the appointment. It was actually a challenging situation, house full of clutter. You know, the homeowners had some illness, and it wasn't, you know, a perfect situation. She did a great job. So I'm just so proud of her for learning in the field. That's how you get paid. You earn while you learn. So that's, you know, I think that's one of my, I think to her she's feeling frustrated. To me as her coach, I'm I'm proud of her for getting herself out there in a situation that she can make money in. And I think well, she'll take the thing. Yeah, well, that's the fun thing about coaching, really, is that we see mm-hmm. that even, you know, you guys aren't always going to win. You aren't always going to take the listing or get the sale. But the reality of it is is that the inaction is the, is the critical part. Um, and, you know, Julie, we, you can kind of sense after one coaching call whether someone's going to be an action taker or someone who's going to be a studier and think about it for a while yep. short. So, yes. And I would say every time we do live events and you kind of ask people which kind of camp they fall into, it is mm-hmm. always kind of funny that <laughs> it's usually 30 or 40% yeah. of the audience, if they're being honest, are going to be the types that 
they're information gatherers. They're once mm-hmm. these, you know they like to get ready to get started and planning something and working on something, tweaking something. They're right. these types that basically do all kinds of stuff that rarely results directly into a paycheck. So when you yeah, have somebody that's creative, that mode, at, yeah, well, exactly. We, well, exactly because they're filling their day with stuff that they are, you know. I think doing a sufficient job convincing themselves is work, mm-hmm. but the reality of it is the work aspect is comes from helping people, obviously, with their real estate needs, not working on something that may or may not lead to a closed transaction. So when you have yeah. somebody that's in that thinking about it, tweaking it, you know, consternation, contemplation, and procrastination mode, how do you get mm-hmm. them off that? How do you get them out of that mindset? Well, I think the first thing is, you know, we joke about the 12 step program for agents you know the first thing is admitting that you have a problem right and that really what's going on is the excuse rolodex system here which is i mean that's really what's happening i would go on i would set more appointments if i blah 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 knew more about fill in the blank if i you know if my market was a little hotter you know all these things that they go through and my point is when you're trying if you get in your head that your job is to set a new appointment every day before noon and that's all you think about Think of what that causes you to do. You have to take more action. You have to be on the phone with your lead follow-up more. You have to use better scripts. You have to actually communicate with people. You have to find a way to find that person you've been looking for, whether that's an expired or a lead follow-up call. And then when you do talk to them, you're closing harder because you're thinking, my job is to set an appointment before noon. Why? Because no money comes with no appointments. You don't have to actually be perfect at something in real estate. And in fact, the pursuit of perfection in real estate, that's kind of crazy if you think about it, considering how many elements are working in every transaction and how many people are involved. So sometimes my job as a coach is to get them to let go of the thought that they ever will actually know everything or have a perfect transaction. I don't think that's possible. No, or you even need to even have any resemblance of, you know, having complete yeah, knowledge. You learn it. while you earn. And got, you know, right. Julie, you're reminding me of a coaching call I had today with somebody in Long Beach and he was mm-hmm. uh had a great run for the past month, put a bunch of stuff in contract, had a bunch of money running, you know, everything's going his direction. Now he's basically in the second coaching call in a row where he hasn't been generating business. And of course mm-hmm. now he's starting to feel depressed and he's starting to feel like he's letting himself down, his family yeah. down. He start he stopped doing the very things that were you know, he was doing uh, effectively for the past almost 90 days, he just stopped doing them. Then he wanted to talk about, okay, well, I had this problem or I had this issue or I had this right. thought that entered my you mind. Or, oh, exactly. And so, and I asked him, and I won't use his name, but I asked him simply, how would you feel right now if since our last call you had taken a single listing? <laughs> and you know what? Mm-hmm. He went back into excuse Rolodex mode. He started yeah. telling me about the problems with his rental properties, and he started telling me about his cash flow issues with his you know, this multifamily unit he's got. And he just, I said, so answer the question. Mm-hmm. Had you taken one listing since our last call, how would you feel now? And you know what the answer was? He would feel incredible. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah. so let's do this. Let's focus the rest of our coaching call today on what do take that one listing. And then we drilled down all the mm-hmm. leads. We drilled down on what else he can specifically be doing. We created a very easy need to learn to be an effective listing agent. Don't treat listings like the occasional thing that just happened. Stop thinking of listings as 
So basically, uh, you know, basically like a holiday. Petition right now to go after things, and there is to go after buyers. Take for a second to consider that there is less competition, fewer agents that are learning how to be effective, powerful listing agents than there are agents who are investing all their energies and frankly lots and lots of money on buyers. Interesting, isn't it? We know that listings are where the power is in the industry. We know that you have to have listings to last. We know that listings are the ultimate leverage in real estate. So if you guys want to talk about leverage and delegating and teams and whatnot, have listings. Boring lines or have these beliefs that taking listings, you have to wait a certain amount of time to be in the industry or take expensive listings you have to have earned your way up or that all the listing agents have secret knowledge that you don't have and all these other types of excuses. Excuse your old ex again. Well, if you were to set all those aside, all the beliefs you have, all the myths you have, all the things that are holding you back, and you were to simply make a commitment to take one listing between now and seven days from now and you were to accomplish that goal, just focus on that, how that would feel. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? No matter how crappy of a day you had, Take a listing. Everything changes because everything comes from the listings. Right, so and you know the amazing you, thing is, Tim, the things that you do to actually take the listing probably will create additional business, more buyers, more listings. It's not even just that particular thing. It's getting off of your duff, you know, and making those calls and making yourself be successful at that. So at that, you know, people talk about mindset all the time. Your mindset cure is take a new listing. That's right. <laughs> That's just the bottom line. So there has been, uh, you know, a lot of stink online on Facebook, on a couple other places. I did an interview with Pat Hyben um, on his Real Estate Rockstar show, and um, the thing that people seem to be having a rub with is the idea that we want you guys to build your business around profit, not build a team and marketing all that stuff first. There, are, uh, a lot of folks we're treating the idea of having a team almost like a religion. Like, in order mm-hmm. to be successful and make a profit in real estate, I need to have a team. Well, that's just not true. It has never been true, and it never will be true. The fact is, is to have the profit mindset, you do need to delegate. That's true. You do need to have staff, a team, if you want to call them that. That's true, too. That, of course, is true if you want to have a growing business. But to have a profit, it will not happen automatically with those thoughts, the profit has to come first. And uh, that's not the topic of today's call, but what I just want to really, those of you who are listening to that interview with Pat and participating on the conversation online, um, and we're trying to, you, I think some of you are getting confused because some of these folks just frankly weren't listening. I wasn't <laughs> advocating against having a team or having a staff. All I was saying is, look, all those things were wonderful, but you've got to build your business around profit first because the reason you're in business is to build profit. The profit is what you then reinvest, not in your business, by the way, but you invest in things that will produce income for you. Yes, rental properties, yes, stocks, yes, annuities, whatever else. But this whole ethos that you have to build your team, I'm working on my team, which is another recurring theme, reoccurring theme of our free coaching calls. A lot of you guys are kind of lost in this whole team mindset thing. And you've moved away from doing the things that actually make you money because you've convinced yourself that you need to work on your team. No, you don't. You need to work on taking more listings. You need to work on selling houses, in other words, work to the buyer side on the listings that have to move up. 
or move down for that matter. A lot of folks are downsizing nowadays. So focus and shift your mindset towards how am I actually going to make a profit, not what's left over, because if your profit is what's left over, there's not going to be anything left over. So on today's radio show, we are actually going to drill down on the idea of delegation versus abdication. So, Julie, why don't you read that first leg that I found, and then we're going to take a quick break. You got it. One of the hallmarks of great leadership is effective delegation. This happens when a business owner or a manager regularly gives responsibility and authority to an employee to complete a task. Doing so develops people who are ultimately more fulfilled and productive. And for the manager or business owner, delegating frees you to attend the important strategic work of business. There is a critical distinction, however, between delegating and abdicating, and it's one that many business owners struggle with. So the dictionary defines delegate as to give a task to someone else with responsibility to act on your behalf, to give somebody else the power to act, make decisions, or allocate resources on your behalf. Sounds good, right? But to abdicate, on the other hand, is to fail to fulfill a duty or responsibility. Not so good. So agents so we're going to get confused between the two. Back to you. So we're going to be drilling down on this, and we're going to be sharing with you, and I think in a lot of ways confronting, as we always like to do, some of the myths about running a successful business. And a lot of you guys fall into this um, trap of thinking that you're delegating when the re- reality is that you're advocating, because the key is to delegate while, I mean, here's the word, micromanaging. Delegate while micromanaging is a good thing. And we're going to talk more about that Is coaching right for you, and how can I guarantee it will work for me? Chances are you're asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach, a proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best not someone who is simply assigned to you, or even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online? 
at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. Okay, we're back. So here's the thought for you. Yes, we want you to delegate. Yes, we want you to add staff. Yes, we want you to have the revenue before you add staff. Yes, we want you to hire a transaction coordinator after you've successfully done four transactions a month for three months in a row. Now, let's be honest. If your average sale price is significantly higher than the national average of only $200,000-ish, then you can add staff sooner because you have the cash flow. But the key is having the consistent cash flow first because, as Julie Spond is saying, your staff will want paid regardless of what your cash flow is or isn't doing. So we want you to wrap your mind around the idea that delegation is not abdication. It's not simply walking away from the job. When you delegate, you still have to micromanage. You still have to, whatever you want to call it, you know, micromanaging is a bad word, but I like micromanaging. I think micromanaging makes it so that it's always a collaborative effort to get whatever task done and everyone and it stays as, as a cohesive group or a cohesive team versus the way that a lot of agents do it, and frankly the way a lot of small business owners do it, is they just hire somebody in, they you know delegate the task where they're advocating the task, and they forget about holding that person accountable. They forget about contributing to the task. They forget about the fact that you know their vision is to have a team and a business that's all pursuing one specific goal. So, Julie, let's get back to our notes. Advocation. Tell us more about that. Okay, so abdication is, for example, number one, when you hire someone simply because you don't want to deal with something. That's abdication. It can be, number two, hiring a person to take a responsibility that you don't want. Number three, giving people vague instructions on what you expect from them. And some of you guys listening should go, check, got to cut that out. Okay, the part of this is admitting when you're doing it. Number four, ad- avoiding setting parameters that will allow measurement of performance. Number five, giving total control of what needs to happen to people, meeting rarely and inconsistently with them. Number six, relinquishing responsibility consistently to others. And number seven, leaving nothing but disappointment and blame as dominant interactions. Tim, you know, we have nicknamed this, and I, I think this probably originated with Howard Brinton, I think, where he would talk about the idea of seagull management. You know, you just kind of fly by and drop some tasks on people because you don't want to deal with it. And then where's the accountability? So abdication is a little bit of that seagull management, you know, hiring somebody just because you don't want to deal with something and then having no accountability attached and then being disappointed because nothing's happened. That's abdication. That's, it's really avoidance. It is. So, I mean, abdication is avoidance, right, as Julie just said. Delegation is success. Abdication is, as Julie just described, Dumping something and walking away, you know, as hoping it'll take care say, of itself. Hoping exactly. Delegation is just empowering your staff, empowering your team. Ronald Reagan, uh, regardless of your political persuasion, had something great about delegation. He said, "Trust but verify." In other words, 
Hire people, surround yourself with people that you can successfully delegate to, but verify it every single step of the way. Never assume that anything's getting done or everything's getting done unless there's accountability going back, uh, backwards and forwards. It's the same way with we have a, a coaching student, to be honest with you. I mean, a lot of you guys are very hard-headed. You have been doing things in a certain way for a long time and wonder why am I stuck at 20 or 30 units per year or whatever. Well, we then give you some, you know, you tell us you're paying attention on the calls and, you know, you tell us you're getting some certain level of stuff done and you, you know, lead us to believe sometimes that maybe you're taking more action than you actually are. That's the reason that every time we have a coaching call with one of our clients, there is specific measurable accountability that goes from weekend to week out. They get, you will get as a coaching client, uh, used to the uh, thrill and the excitement of seeing yourself and your business move forward on a consistent basis. That's one of the greatest advantages to having a coach. Somebody who's not going to get caught up in your drama, somebody who's not going to, frankly, buy into your story, who's only going to hold you accountable to the specific goals that you set for, self, set for yourself. Well, that's the same way that you should manage your staff as you add staff. So, Julie, let's get into it more. So these, these guys are really clear. Tell me about delegation. Sure. So delegation is, number one, when you hire someone to make your job better and easier. Number two, showing the new people you hire what their position actually is and clarifying their responsibilities. Number three is defining what their task actually entails. Number four, explaining desired outcomes and making clear performance will be judged by them. In other words, some accountability. Number five is setting clear guidelines in regards to reports about progress. Six is releasing some of the responsibilities, however, still maintaining ultimate control over the person's duties. Number seven, building trust and empowering people to excel in their positions. And number eight, caring, caring about outcome, but not, so much, uh, but not the steps so much to get there. So this is very different. This means that you are still involved in your business. And Tim, the, the bubble over my head that I always think of when we have this discussion is, how many times I've had talks with agents where they say, well, I handed over, you know, 100 buyer leads to my buyer agent and told them to go close something. Okay, well, have you done any level of training, expectations, scripts with them, desired outcomes, accountability weekly, you know, or did you just hand them, you know, your miscellaneous file of buyer leads and say go sell something? That would well, be application so, exactly. versus delegation. And another typical problem we see, especially from uh, agents that have these big teams, is they, A, think they know what everyone's doing, but really everyone's kind of doing the same thing. So someone will, you'll hire somebody in to be a transaction coordinator. And the, you know, then you'll start taking listings and you'll hire somebody in to be your listings assistant or someone to help you basically once you've taken the listing. And then you'll convince yourself you need to hire buyer agents. And then what happens eventually, because someone told you that you need to be cross-training everybody, that there's no one, you know, there's no really linchpin. There's no one person you can go to and ask about why did this specific task get done or why didn't it get done. This whole theory that a team should all be able to replace each other at the drop of a pin conceptually makes sense. It sounds very romantic almost, you know. But the reality of it is is that you have to have specific accountability for every specific person on your team with clearly stated goals and results. So, Julie, if someone is maybe uh, guilty of the advocation and not the delegation, what can they do to improve? Well, I think it starts with actually defining the expectations. 
So whether it's a transaction coordinator you just hired, to me a transaction coordinator's job is to close everything 100% of the time in the time frame it's supposed to close in. That would be the expectation, but am I giving them the tools that are required and making sure they understand the steps it takes to get there? Maybe they've already closed a thousand transactions and that's not an issue. Maybe you're training them for their first transaction coordinator job. Those are different things. So you've got to know what's going on in that uh, situation. Buyer agents, same thing. You know, if you hand them 10 leads, what's your expectation? That they close two or three per month? That they never close anything and just say that all of the leads are terrible? You know, setting up expectations and then holding people accountable. However, you've got to enable people to actually do their job. And that means some level of training. I think of, you know, the difference yesterday, Lance and Karen Kenmore's uh, interview, they are good at delegating. They explain to their team what are the expectations, what is your job description, how will we measure when you win. They actually do quarterly reviews with everyone on their team versus kind of the average call about the team, you know, well, I hired some people, but, um, you know, I'm not sure what they're doing, <laughs> right? It's more than just putting somebody in place. You're running a business. Well, that's the reason that, frankly, we don't really advocate you guys building big teams. It's, it's simply for the fact that it's too much work that doesn't get you paid. You know, you hire a buyer agent nationally. You have a kick-ass buyer agent if they can sell three houses a month. But the reality of it is, is they rarely will. So I read, something yesterday, from, I read something yesterday from Market Leader that they said that something like you know, two to three percent of all, you know, market leaders now owned by Trulia, two to three percent of all leads that you get should convert into some kind of, you know, sale. Okay, two to three percent. I bet you if you were to, first of all, that's terrible. Let's just put that out there. Second of all, I bet you if you were to look at the efficiency of most buyer agents in the country, the efficiency is not even close to two or three percent. It's so much worse. And then what you guys do oftentimes is then you start throwing more buyer leads at these already very inefficient agents with hopes that the sheer volume of leads that you throw at them will result in you making more profit from them. And you keep on doing that. And then you think, well, I need to hire more buyer agents, or I need to train more buyer agents, or I'm not holding my buyer agents accountable, or where am I going to find more buyer agents, or damn it, my best buyer agent's quitting and they're starting their right. own team. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Okay. Whereas the reality of it is, is if you were to actually do a little P&L just on your buyer agents, and if you want a free coaching call, so we can walk you through this. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. If you were to refocus that same energy that so many of you are, frankly, wasting on buyer agents and building your buyer agent team, you'd quickly find out that, yes, you would do fewer units. Yes, that would mean that you would, wouldn't win as many as awards. Yes, that means that you wouldn't get on stage and people wouldn't basically be throwing rose petals at your feet for having sold 5 million houses. All right. that's true but it also means that you could refocus your energies on the things that are going to get you paid. You can really triple down, not just double down, on profit. So guys, listen, you know, think about this. Did you get in this business so that you could be Realtor of the Year? Some of you did. I understand that, and I hope you accomplished that goal. Or did you get in this business to be free? You did get in this business to be free. I already know the answer, having asked that question tens of thousands of times. Free from worry about money, free from having to, you know, frankly, wake up every morning wondering your next paycheck is going uh, to come from, free from worrying about a tyrannical boss, or free from having to worry about getting fired or downsized, or all the other types of things that so many of us have experienced in our working careers. You got into real estate to be free, to finally 
actually have some sense of financial destiny. You can do that with a team. You will have to add staff. There's no question. But please, don't just do this blindly with the assumption that profit will come because it never does unless you start every decision with profit. In other words, before you make a decision to do anything in your business, you have to set the profit goal first, not just what's left. Everybody makes this mistake when they're building a business. Everybody believes that branding will get you more business. Everyone believes that buying more leads will get you business. That seems to be the kind of conventional thinking of things of late. But the reality of it is not true. There are very specific things you need to be doing in your real estate business every single day. And those specific things will produce the most profit for your business. Then you're going to set aside that profit. Then you're going to reinvest it in things not your business. That's the other thing we're seeing a lot in these free coaching calls. All you guys think that when you have a profit in your real estate business, the best thing to do is reinvest it. That's not true. The best thing to do, as in reinvesting it in your business, postcards, branding, um, you know, all this other type stuff, not true. Take that money, set it aside, create a financial plan. We'll help you, free coaching calls, freeagents.com, and make it so that in a vastly shorter period of time than you could possibly imagine, you are financially free. That's what's exciting. This message, our message, doesn't resonate with everybody. I get that. Some of you really are, you know, you take a very personal stance against this type of thinking and approach. You want to make it about something it's not. You're, a lot of you are focusing on making our message of profit first into some sort of tyrannical right wing, I don't even know what some of the things, the statements that have been made. No. Yeah. This is a business conversation. You guys are business people. You're responsible for your own financial destiny, and in many cases, you're supporting a family. Think like a business owner and putting profit first, because that's how real businesses think, you won't have any. If you've been in this business for a long time and sold a lot of houses and you don't have a lot of money or a lot of net worth, you need to seriously consider what we're saying to you. If you're brand new in this business and you're you know, overwhelmed by all the different things you're being told, the different ways of generating leads, all these different, you know, it's incredible how much stuff you guys are being marketed, how much stuff's being marketed to you. Well, it's confusing as hell. It always has been, but now it's even more confusing because the, you know, the leads, the buyer leads selling business, all these different you know, CRMs, direct mail campaigns, should I build a team, shouldn't I build a team? It's noise. It takes you away from actually making a profit. Don't assume that the people selling you stuff have your best interests in mind. Their goal is to sell you stuff so they can make a profit. See, they have their heads right. screwed on straight about that, and so do you. So, Julie, this is not certainly a very uh, glossy topic, but it's something that really every right. agent at some point in their careers are going to have to deal with, right? Any Absolutely. Closing thoughts it's for so all important. Them? Well, you know, it's, it's not – people get confused about the difference between delegate, abdicate, micromanagement, all of these things. So your job is to not just – Get rid of a task and walk away. I know that that's the fantasy of why you would have a team, but I don't know anybody that that's ever worked out for. This idea of just sending all the crap that you don't want to do away to somebody else and then profiting from that, it doesn't actually work that way. And anybody who tells you anything differently has never actually sold enough real estate or had a team to know the difference. I mean, that's, that's the truth. I, I kind of get fired up about this because it, it hurts agents to it pursue it before they're ready 
and I have seen them drive their business into the ground. We we sometimes get them as coaching clients on the other end of it, where they'll say, well, you know, back when I had a team, you know, that drove all, I don't have any savings because I blew it all on running the office, running the team, having all this overhead, and now I'm starting, I, here's what they always say, now I'm getting back to basics. Well, so, I had two or three yeah. new students start with me, new clients start with mm-hmm. me in just the past week, brand new coaching clients, never been coaching clients of ours before, maybe there were somebody else. This one in particular really resonates with me. I don't know if he's listening today or not. His first name's Jeff. I won't say his last name, but I'm just I'm thinking about him during this radio show. So his first, you know, he started out with a free coaching call, had some questions about how to get his, you know, business back in gear. He was under a lot of pressure, and I and he told me that this time last year he had 20 listings, and now he has like three. And so, right. you know, after a few questions of what the heck happened, because obviously that's not a good thing to go into the spring with hardly any inventory, what do you think he was focusing on? His team, the buyer agents, all the other types of things that you guys are told are more important. They're not. They're not. Right. I I think of it as like working on a car to make it work, but you can't afford fuel right now. So it's like, okay, even if it was all set up perfectly, how are you going to fuel the car that you're tinkering with? It just doesn't make sense. It's like the chicken or the egg type of thing, right? So And again, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. The time and energy it takes to form a real, you know, highly functioning team is, you know, it's years. Profitable and so, and, 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 Well, okay. And even when you accomplish that goal, listen to the interview I did with Pat Hyben. Listen to all the interviews I do with all the other, you know, the nation's top producing agents. Many of them are coaching clients. Many of them are coaching clients selling hundreds of houses per year, realizing that they're not millionaires, coming to us after hearing what we're saying, realizing that they've been following the wrong path, and now know, don't know quite what to do. Well, you know what we're telling them to do, put profit first, which in many cases means that, yes, they have to get back to work. Which in many Great. cases That's why it's they not called to, vacation, by the way. They need to stop advocating, and they need to start delegating, and they need to actually start getting back into action and start putting profit first. That is the consistent message you'll hear from us no matter what. So, you know, when you have a, someone who's taken 20 listings and knows how to take 20 or 30 listings, I can get him back there. It'll take me a month, sure. maybe two, get him back up there. But he, what he's going to have to stop doing are the things that were distracting him from the things that were going to put profit in his pocket. Guys, please, some of you aren't ready for this message. Some of you might not ever be ready for that message, and I respect you in whatever path you choose. But for those who truly are business-minded, ready to take your business level, business to the next level and really drill down and focus on building true wealth for yourself, do yourself a favor. We'd love to talk with you. Free coaching calls for agents.com. So, Julie, I have to get to another coaching call. Me too. I know you do too. So, everyone, have a great uh, day. And tomorrow, I believe we have another superstar interview. So, make sure you tune in tomorrow at the same time. Have a great day. See you then. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.